0: Welcome to the How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host.
1: Welcome to the How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Gordon Henry. Gordon, welcome to the show.
0: Uh, Thanks. Great to be here.
1: Absolutely. Gordon is going to share his insights and experiences related to how small businesses can leverage client experience automation I'll explain what that is, but automating everything related to the client experience, everything from customer relationship management, CRM platforms, to online billing and payment solutions, online reputation reputation (laughs) management, let me try that again, online reputation management all to help us, (laughs) here's a mouthful, all to help us grow our small businesses. If you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page, page, and schedule a free coaching consultation with me, you can text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700. Let me tell you a little bit more about Gordon. Gordon Henry is the chief strategy officer at Thrive and the host of the podcast show Winning on Main Street. I had the privilege of being a guest on Winning on Main Street not long ago. Great podcast. We'll talk more about that in where to find it. Uh, Thrive has uh, created a fully integrated end-to-end client experience platform so small businesses can reach more customers, stay organized, get paid faster, and generate more reviews. Gordon's passionate about helping small businesses grow, modernize, and thrive in today's evolving environment. Gordon has over 25 years of experience in client acquisition strategies and marketing, He's also a leader in enhancing company images through public relations, brands management, and advertising. And Gordon received his Bachelor's of Arts from Yale University and an MBA from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Gordon lives in the Philadelphia area. So once again, Gordon Henry, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Henry. I appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to this. Like I, As I mentioned, I had, had an opportunity to be on your show and- yeah. And uh, impressed with that and, and doing another uh, internal event for for thrive tomorrow so oh awesome great organization to be associated with so I always like to start with the journey how you got to where you are today I'm hoping you can give me a, a brief overview you've done a lot of things in your career yeah but kind of some of the highlights and, and more and then were, what led you to thrive Sure. Well, uh, thanks
0: again. I I guess my whole career has been uh, launching and buying businesses in many ways. I started my career after business school um, in direct marketing at a company uh, called Columbia House. Uh, Young Hmm. people may not have heard about it, but for those of us who are a little older, it was a real powerhouse company back in the day. They kind of ran the direct marketing industry selling books and tapes and uh, music uh, online and uh, or uh, via direct marketing way before online, but via direct marketing. Um, I came to them with an idea to launch a, an audio book club, kind of like a predecessor to Audible today. Wow. And we did. And it was, it was uh, quite a successful. It was in the uh, sort of mid to late 90s. And um, we, we ran that for a bunch of years. And it was a success. Then eventually it got sold. Um, beyond, as online became bigger, those old direct marketing houses um, started to get sold off in pieces. Uh, but for a while, it was a big success sitting alongside their music and video club. Uh, after we sold that, I went to work Um, really buying and launching businesses for Knight Ritter newspapers. It was a big newspaper chain. And um, fancy this, back in the late 90s, they were already very worried about the shift from from print Mm, to digital. Interesting. And we bought and launched a a bunch of different businesses. Some of them were niche print products, some of them digital businesses, really to protect the franchise as they saw newspapers eroding. Uh, I was there for a number of years. And then Uh, I got sort of recruited to join a company called Yellow Book, which uh, was a big move for me in my career. Yellow Book was a Yellow Pages company. I hadn't worked in that directory space before, but it was a uh, really exciting company. It was uh, very entrepreneurial and they were Uh, kind of the independent competitor to the phone company, Yellow Pages. Many people don't realize, but the phone companies ran the Yellow Pages industry primarily, um, but Yellow Book was an independent competitor. Hmm. And uh, it uh, was very successful in in taking away market share from the phone companies because... we were very aggressive on pricing. We basically delivered the same quality product at sort of half the price than the phone companies did. And and we launched uh, into about 150 new markets while I was there. We bought over 70 companies, uh, very exciting company. And and we had a great run uh, Went public uh, actually uh, joined up with the UK company that uh, was was doing kind of the same thing over in the UK, uh, went public in London. And then I was there for about a decade. Eventually we had sort of a management change there. Uh, I joined a company called Deluxe for a number of years that was Mm -hmm. uh, also uh, in the role of of launching and and buying companies um, to protect their franchise because they were in the checks business, which is going away. Um, And then after, I guess, around 2013, I rejoined my former boss, uh, whose name is Joe Walsh. Uh, uh, He was my former boss at Yellow Book, and he had been uh, recruited. To uh, do a strategy review of a company called Dex Media, which was the uh, really the, the main incumbent Yellow Pages company that was left, and I joined him uh, in this uh, process. Uh, we ended up getting hired along with uh, several of our other former uh, management team uh, to run Dex Media, and uh, which which eventually became Thrive. We changed the name uh, a few years later. And uh, we still have a big marketing services business selling print and online advertising. But as we'll talk about, uh, in 2015, late 2015, we launched uh, a software business. and We really thought that was the future of helping small businesses was, was through this software business. I've been there since then.
1: Yeah, incredible journey. So, And, and Thrive is a much better name than Media. But now, <laughs> yeah, I guess I was going to ask you the origins because Thrive in one fashion or the other has been around for a long time in business, right?
0: Well, the company, meaning, uh, meaning the
1: companies that predis- the predecessors, I guess. Yeah, but-
0: the company uh, uh, stretches as far back as the Yellow Pages business, which is mm-hmm. like a century, over a century, right. um, and it has gone through you know permutations as media has changed from print, and then of course into really in the uh, 90s into uh, online directories, uh, and then into selling things like search and social uh, websites. And then most recently, uh, the focus on software. And you know, We'll talk about it, but really the software business is really helping small businesses communicate and manage their customer relationships with people who kind of live on their mobile devices. We all live on our mobile devices, and small businesses have just not had as many tools to communicate with their customers as, as big
1: businesses. They haven't been as good at it, and so we're really helping to change that. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about the Columbia records. I, I did several of the iterations of pay a penny and get the free albums. And then, <laughs> and then you were subscribed and you, yep. you had to cancel, but I didn't cancel it that <laughs> whole bit. Right. Uh, did, did that that must've worked, right. That was working back then as a, as a marketing strategy. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. You mentioned that. Um, and for people who don't remember
0: it, yeah, the deal was generally like, um, get 10 CDs for a penny oh, right. or for 99 cents or something oh, like I that. I remember very it very. when it
1: was when it was albums, you know? Like, yeah. Oh,
0: albums. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then you would have a commitment, a future right. commitment to buy, you know, you know, six or 10 albums at full price. And the full price was very full and they were shipping and handling the company made a lot of money on shipping and handling. Yeah. Um, but your, your point about the, the penny thing and, and it was really successful because it got people to open the mail Mm, um, people, people, you know, even then, you know, we're throwing the mail out. Um, but this uh, offer was so fantastic, you know, for, for one penny, I could get these 10 CDs. And especially as, you know, when music was changing from, as you said, albums to cassettes or, or eight tracks, eight tracks to cassettes, cassettes, uh, to CDs, um, each time the media changed, the medium changed. Uh, everybody had to throw out their old stuff and get a new one, right? Because right. you needed a new—you CD collection. Didn't help if you had an album collection when everybody was listening to CDs. And so that offer from them was very exciting to people because it was a way to build a collection really fast. And so often people would open up the mail and they get excited about all that stuff they could get for you know so little money. Uh, and then of course they had the commitment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you see anybody today applying a similar, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm thinking my brain is spinning thinking of things that are similar. But uh, do you see that approach uh, still being used effectively in marketing today?
0: Well, yes. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of free trials or super low cost right. trials. And, and I think
1: that's kind of know, the equivalent of it, right? That very low entry, but that I'm committing to a subscription kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Free trial or freemium, freemium uh, is yeah. you know, super popular today. And I think most people realize when they get a free trial or freemium that uh, it's not going to last forever. <laughs> or, if they, or if they do have a freemium, which is supposed to last forever, they're getting a lower value version. And right. so they're going to get pitched to move up to the you know, full, full price version, which, yeah. which is going to be more robust. Interesting, great stuff.
1: Uh, so, in your role as Chief Strategy Officer, I'm always uh, interested. What are your primary responsibilities?
0: Yeah, sure. So, uh, I you know set company strategy along with a very competent executive team. Um, and it's you know at, at a high level, what we're trying to do is is continue to navigate the shift from print to digital, and specifically, as I mentioned, to to this software business. And, uh, you know, it's quite a big change for a company as old as ours is, uh, but I think we've done it pretty successfully. And uh, that's a big piece. The second piece is helping to manage our kind of external image and communications, especially with investors. We recently became a public company. Mm. Uh, We we, we became public on the NASDAQ late last year. And so, you know, the responsibilities of, of a company communicating with the investor community is pretty, pretty big. So I do that. Uh, And then I guess the third thing I'd say is I work a lot on business development. I continue to work on things like partnerships, mergers, and acquisitions.
1: Interesting. You know, as you were describing and we're talking about the history of Thrive and your career, what strikes me in listening to that is how it mirrors what we have to do as entrepreneurs, which is you've always had to be, in, you've been in organizations that have had to evolve radically, right? The term mm-hmm. nowadays is pivot. Yeah. But um, that, that's such a takeaway, I think, because I think that's that's what we have to do as entrepreneurs. I think that COVID it caught some of us by surprise and it has frustrated some of us because like, gosh, got to start all over. Well, but guess what? That That's business, isn't it?
0: It is business. You're you're 100% right, and and I've often thought of how the businesses I've been privileged to work in and for um, have had to pivot over and over. And I've thought, you know, it's it's particularly been true in kind of information businesses because Mm. again the medium changes. I mean, you think print going to, you know, broadcast going to online, uh, you know, going to mobile. Uh, all these changes in the way people consume information um, has had a radical effect on the companies uh, and uh, but but it's true in so many businesses uh, so many businesses are impacted you know today it seems like every business in a way is a digital business right if you're a doctor you have to you know, take appointments online, you now have to offer telehealth, you have to uh, have, you know, digital medical records. I mean, every business is impacted. And I think what we're finding is that even for our customers who tend to be um, mom and pop service businesses, uh, you know, they've got to get savvier about how to communicate with their customers because you you just can't do it the way you used to as as easily. Yeah,
1: great insights. All right, let's start to dive in what we we want to talk about here, client experience automation. I think I got this from the website or somewhere. Mm Uh, you define it as "quote fully integrated end-to-end client experience platform," so small businesses can reach more customers, stay organized, get paid faster, and generate more reviews. Hmm. So that's that's uh, at the at the heart of the offering that Thrive has, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, sure. Let's start with CRM. That's you know everybody listening, I think, has heard of at least a term, but but I think that. Some people are struggle, small businesses struggle with implementing these types of solutions. Absolutely. So what have you seen some of the common mistakes? And one of them, of course, is not doing anything, not having a CRM solution. But especially as you as you mentioned, with service type businesses, what are some of the common mistakes you've observed that people make as it relates to a CRM?
0: Yeah, well, let me first say that um, most of the customers who sign up with us, uh, they're either coming from Uh, just doing things with paper and pen, Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, that's, that's their record keeping and that's their communication device. They, you know, accept paper checks in the mail and, you know, they send out paper invoices, things like that. That's, that's one, one way to do business. Um, There are some businesses uh, who use what we call point solutions, like you know, they use a specific tool to do one thing, like they use QuickBooks for accounting, or maybe they use Gmail and they just send the invoices through Gmail or something like that. Uh, So they use sort of like a tool, uh, or maybe they use constant contact to send out uh, uh, a newsletter. Um, They use like a tool, um, but they don't really have a whole system to manage kind of, you know, this end to end. And what they find sometimes is that they they start using this one tool and then they need another tool. So they start using that and they somehow maybe try to connect them and then they do another and then try to connect them and it ends up sort of like Frankenstein. None of it works together. Right. And, and those are mistakes that they make. Uh, again, not doing anything is a mistake. Doing mm-hmm. things uh, sort of on the cheap where you try to connect it yourself, uh, I think is a mistake because it's not a good customer experience and it's tough for the business. Uh, and so moving to, I think, the kind of thing we're offering small businesses, To be really valuable because it's it's integrated and easy to use for the business and from the consumer uh, perspective it's just delightful because again we all live on our phones and we're used to you know working with you know Amazon and 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 you know all all the major companies that even like the airlines you know you think about an airline everything you, you get a ticket and it's it's on your phone and you swipe your phone as you go through the airport, it's, it's, it's all sort of seamless and easy for the consumer. And the, and so our expect you know, hotels, although it's been a rough year, you know, hotels mm-hmm. operate the same way now. It's all, you know, the booking and the, even the keys are online, you know, in your phone. And so I think the consumer expectation keeps getting rise uh, uh, raised by the businesses, these bigger businesses who are so good at that type of marketing. And, and, and so the small business sort of has to have some version of that in order to stay competitive. It's just, it's just what consumers expect. And so you're leaving yourself vulnerable if you don't kind of keep
1: up. Yeah, but, but you touched on it in part Gordon. If I, I think what I have found with small business owners is the reason sometimes, well, there's a couple of reasons why we do it piecemeal. We'll apply a tool here and then a tool there and nothing's integrated. First is cost, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're afraid of, we have limited budgets. We don't, we don't have the budget to do a full implementation as is our concern but also I think we're hesitant to disrupt the way we've been doing things a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's what holds people back from adopting these technologies, especially when it, when it relates to those client facing type of pieces of it.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I boil that down to changing your behavior. None of us really likes to change our behavior and it's very tough to change your behavior. Even, um, you know, you think about uh, if, you, if you decide, you're getting, you know, it's the beginning of the year, a lot of people try to work out. And uh, so you say, OK, I'm going to go to the gym. You know, I'm going to start going to the gym. It's January 1st. I'm going to start going to the gym. If you don't sort of get at it pretty quickly, like in the first few weeks and get there a few times, work out, feel good a few times and get that positive reinforcement, you're probably going to drop it and quit. And it's kind of the same way when you try to change your behavior to something new, uh, like a piece of technology, you know, you sort of have to start using it. Um, and, uh, we provide a ton of support, so it makes it really easy for people to make that change. We do, you know, we train them, we provide the support, we answer their questions 24 seven. Um, and people find it's easier than they expected. But, um, yep, there's definitely some change in behavior that usually occurs. Yeah, and
1: like you said, it, it goes back to what we are talking about a moment ago. You as the business owner, that's your responsibility. If you think, especially as, as you've highlighted in the experiences you've had, if you think you're going to do things a certain way and then no longer stay ahead of or at least abreast of technology and the ways that people are changing how they want to interact with your business – you're you're somebody else is going to do that. And that's where your customers are going to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that, um, you know, most of our customers, I think, are just delighted and sort of surprised mm-hmm. when they start to make this change about how it impacts them personally and their business. Uh, you know, as an example, guy who were, uh, was a Thrive user who was a uh, he was a, he was a dog trainer and he did things with dogs and he would always have to go to people's houses and he had this tremendous number of no-shows. He would show up at the people's houses to take really? care of their dog mm-hmm. and half the time he would get stood up after driving 30 minutes across mm-hmm. town. And by having Thrive, he was able to send out reminders and notifications so people showed up and it dramatically cut his no-shows and it stopped having him waste time. Love that. Uh, another person... Uh, said to me, um, on he was a contractor who worked outside. And on rainy days, he would just have lost time. Uh, but with this tool, he could easily communicate with his whole customer base, uh, send them special offers, even just check up on you know how they're doing, could could they maybe use some additional help from him? And he it made his rainy days so productive when before it was just like a lost day because he hmm. couldn't go out and do the work. Um, there's lots of things people find that they can do. Once they have this technology that they just weren't able to do before. Um, just one more example: one woman was saying to me um, how her, her previous conversations with her customers basically existed on sticky notes. You know, she would just have sticky notes all over the oh, I spoke to Bill, and you know, he said this and that. You know, it was no no system. Um, and using Thrive, she was able to keep track of all the conversations she and her staff had, basically at one page per one page within the system. Per customer. And so she if, if she if, if she wanted to know, you know, oh, I when was the last time I spoke to Henry Lopez? And what did Henry tell me? What did I tell him? And what was the thing I promised them? She can finally easily in one place. It was all tracked, easy to find. And that dramatically changed how she was able to handle her customers.
1: Mm, very interesting. All right, let, let's I should have probably started, but let's talk about online appointment scheduling, because that's kind of the first when you were talking about it just now yeah. with this gentleman. Uh, what have you found is the reason why people, small businesses, sometimes business owners rather, are hesitant to implement an online scheduling tool? i give you, you know, one environment that I'm familiar with where I'm starting to see it rapidly adopted is I, one of my businesses was a sweet salon business. We sold that business about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology, you know, was starting, was starting to come into play back in that time frame in this case. But what I saw was kind of a hesitancy, like for someone like that, an individual beauty professional, their schedule book, that's, that's the heart of their business, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would observe this kind of hesitancy to let go control of that. Mm-hmm. And they almost felt like if I apply the technology, I can't control it. And so do you see that as a common barrier sometimes that people have to get over to begin to adopt that technology?
0: Yeah, I think it's just exactly as you said. That's that's probably the best example is the is the calendar because it is it is sort of at the heart of what a lot of businesses do, and they're very used to their uh, paper based calendar. They're very used to having that sort of book with them. Uh, they can easily open it and find things. They can cross things out, erase things. And it's just the way they've been doing it for so long. And to give up that calendar and turn to something uh, electronic is just you know it's it's a comfort level. Um, which I understand, but for their, their customers, the, you know, the end consumer uh, who again is probably living on her or his phone uh, it's so much easier to book it and then get a reminder uh, telling you to show up tomorrow at one o'clock and then an hour before the meeting, you know, you also get the reminder. So you just can't forget. And of course, if you need to reschedule uh, I had to reschedule this podcast with you. Uh, What a hassle if I had had to call you, I just went online. It was probably, I don't know, ten o'clock at night a couple of days ago, and I was like, I realized it had a conflict the the day we were going to do it, and I was able to reschedule it, and you know, neither of us had to upset our day. So it's just much easier for the end customer uh, to manage their schedule um electronically and so the business kind of has to do what's best for
1: their customers yeah and when you uh in so much more and more and it's not just young people people want to do this without having to phone me or interact Mm -hmm. back and forth right it's just convenient it's it goes to the point that you just made about the the story you told where uh, i'm more likely than as a customer to not leave you hanging not just not show because you've made it easy for me to either cancel or reschedule, which is what you want. You don't, you don't want to show up or be there for an appointment and it's not going to happen. And that's what people are expecting. It, just to contrast that and continue with that example, my hair stylist in Dallas did not use any technology. So I had mm-hmm. to text him back and forth several times. I had to remember to do it and finally find a slot that would work. Mm-hmm. Now the stylist, as we moved to Florida that I'm using, uses all of this technology and it's just, I find myself thinking, Oh, wow, I just got to go. I just go online and see when she's available and book it. It's pretty easy. I do it in two, two minutes and I'm done if that, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's what your customers are expecting more and more. If not, you know, if not, it's just become the standard if, if you will.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and you start thinking about younger people. I mean, I, I have three kids who are all sort of late teens, early twenties. And, uh, you know, they, they, they will not call make a phone call, no, they, just, no. they, they don't want to do that. They don't. they don't really even use email other than for their jobs. Right. When they're communicating personally, it's all via text. Uh, and they would click on, you know, an appointment schedule or something like that. Again, and that can be sent via text. But the idea that they're going to, and they forget the mail. I mean, they, <laughs> they, 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 they've never licked a stamp in their life. No. They, um, so so, so those, those modes
1: of communication are just really disappearing fast. This is Henry Lopez briefly interrupting this episode to invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you are experiencing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing your existing small business, I can help you get there. All right, let's jump to reputation management because I think that's another one that some of us don't even understand really what that means. We think that's mm-hmm. something bigger organizations or brands do. Right. But, but talk to me about how small business owners can use technology to, to help manage my reputation online.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you have to realize that people Google everything, Uh, people Google uh, every kind of, you know, everything they need. And if your name pops up with bad reviews attached to it, uh, and certainly the restaurants all understand this already uh, very well, but other businesses, maybe not so much. If your business pops up with a bad review attached to it, you know, people are going to pay attention to that. It's going to, it's going to hurt you. Um, It could really hurt you. Uh, from a ranking standpoint, because Google ranks better reviewed and more you know more more well-reviewed businesses higher. And of course, consumers who are looking to sort of check you out and see a bad review may be dissuaded from using you. Uh, so that's the first thing. What you want to do is encourage your customers to review you because uh, you know, most small businesses, I think, provide good service, uh, but of course, you may get a bad review. but the way you handle the bad review, is first of all, you want to drown it out with good reviews. So if you encourage your customers to give you reviews, and it's okay to say, you know, please give me a five star review on Google. Uh, I think that, that that's okay. People are used to hearing that. Um, if you get lots of customers giving you good reviews, then it'll improve your rankings. And of course, it'll drown out the maybe the one bad review you got from somebody who for some reason was not uh, unhappy. And so you should, in your communications with people, um, be asking for reviews. And that's part of our Thrive solution is, is enables businesses, usually after providing a service, uh, you know, after an appointment or after the delivery of, a, uh, you know, uh, getting paid, uh, they'll ask for a, a review.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you've touched on the, the strategy that I find works best if you have a bad review is to drown it out with more positive reviews. But mm. I'm always curious, I always ask people, what's your Thoughts, best practices on addressing that bad review.
0: Yeah, so you should. Uh, first of all, you should address it. Uh, you, you you can see that uh, you know the bigger companies. If you if you look for bigger companies and you find their negative reviews, they all employ somebody who responds to those reviews and says, you know, sorry, you know, Mr. Jones, that you felt that way. Uh, here's you know what we've done to address those kinds of issues. You know, if you found something was late, maybe they'll give them a credit. Maybe they'll say, we work our hardest to make sure that never happens to anybody, whatever the case may be, but they do acknowledge it. Uh, They do respond to it. If there's any uh, way they can say, Hey, get in touch with us. We'll make it, you know, make it good. Um, They do that, but don't just let it lie fallow. Do respond to it.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what we try to do. And, um, and also if if it's don't go back and forth, try to take it offline, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I know that for me, and I think most people behave this way, the way that I'm using as a consumer using Google reviews is I look at the overall rating, hence why more positive reviews is, is the important thing. But then I look to see if an, if, if, somebody, if the company or the business has replied and at least acknowledged and addressed the bad review, that's yep. what I look for.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And, 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 uh, know it also i think lends a a human touch to a bigger companies you know when you see because they you know very often you try to reply you know you say hey i'm henry lopez i'm sorry you felt that way uh we really try to you know provide the best service possible uh you know give me a call or i'll give you a call or you know as you just said but um you you humanize and you know i think the reader in those cases says well you know, everybody makes a mistake, or maybe this was just a grouchy customer who, you know, felt they had to air their grievance. But do reply, absolutely.
1: All right, online invoicing and payment. I think this is another one that probably falls even farther down, or or is is more of those. I don't, I don't want to let go of that. I, we've done the payables process a certain way. We, you know, this is the way we've always done it, and and I'm afraid of fraud, all of that kind of stuff. So, what are your thoughts there?
0: Right. Well. Uh, I'll tell you a story. A guy, one of our uh, customers uh, told me about, he was a, um, he's a a roofer and uh, he, I guess this uh, consumer, this woman was redoing her roof and needed some bids and a roofer showed up at her home, uh, looked at the roof, um, uh, made some suggestions for how he was going to fix it. And she said, Oh, that sounds good. And he said, I'll go back to my office and I'll prepare my estimate for you and uh I'll get it back to you uh you know in the mail. Hmm. And uh meanwhile this other roofer showed up and did the estimate uh you know reviewed the roof while the woman was waiting there did the estimate right there on his thrive uh sent you know basically clicked uh sent her uh, the estimate she you know they are standing right there she reviewed it on her phone and she uh you know signed it and sent it back and he got the job. And the other guy later came back and said, well, what happened? I thought you liked me. And she was like, well, while you were away doing your paper estimates, somebody else showed up. Yeah.
1: And took the business from you.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's just, you know, people are used to moving fast. um, And, uh, you know, hungry, you know, hungry uh, competitors are going to take that business away from you if you're moving too slow. Uh, And again, back to the end customer, people just like dealing with things that are easy, you know, Mm -hmm. that you can review it on your phone, you can make comments to it, you can approve it quickly. Um, You know, for me, I'm so much happier to get an invoice that I can pay electronically. Uh, when someone says to me, I got to write them a check. Oh, my God. Now I got to find my checkbook <laughs> and, you know, go to the mail. You know, it's just it's all it's you're, you're used to ticking things off your list more quickly.
1: Yeah, well, and, and Gordon, I mean, the thing also the impact on your cash flow is is mm-hmm. incredible as well. Right. I mean, incredible. I, just, I don't know how people can still allow themselves to provide that float to the customer. That's absolutely not necessary and costing you money.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. And with Thrive, we provide um, a whole array of payment solutions um, for the business. So they can, you know, if if they uh, maybe they're already using Square and they can use Square, um, they can use Stripe. uh, And we've introduced our own payment solution, which we call Thrive Pay, uh, which is really attractive because it provides very competitive rates. One of the things we do is we offer an ACH, like a direct debit capability. And for Businesses that do like big service jobs again. I'll use the example of like a roofer, an electrician, a kitchen remodeler, who maybe they're getting a you know down payment could be thousands of dollars uh, for a big job. Um, if they can get that via ACH instead of credit card, they're saving percentage points mm-hmm. on that you know thousand, two thousand you know a few percentage points uh, really adds up. Uh, and again, as you said, they get the money instantaneously.
1: But but speaking to that for smaller ticket services, I, I do find that. Uh, small business owners or, or solopreneurs that haven't done electronic payment before the big thing that they get hung up on is the fees. Mm -hmm. How do you help people look at that and understand that that's a cost of doing business, but is, but it's so necessary in my opinion, how do you help people get over that hurdle of, no, I don't want to go to electronic payment because I don't want to pay any fees.
0: Right. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, so that would be somebody who's used to accepting checks uh, right. Checks so,
1: or so, cash or whatever, yeah.
0: You know. Right. So, I would say to them, first of all, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to spend more if they can use their credit card, they're used to, uh, you know, spending a little more freely because they know they can swipe instead of having to thinking about uh, writing a check or taking it at, or certainly using cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing, spending more. Um, two. Uh, Again, people are um, quicker to use a business, I think, when they can swipe a credit card as as opposed to having to come up with those alternative payment methods that are less popular now. Um, And three, if you're used to getting checks uh, using an ACH, like I was just describing, uh, there is some fee, but it's not a very big fee. It's it's under a 1% fee. So it's not the fees you're associating with credit cards. Yeah.
1: And also, I mean, if you, add, if you add in the fact that now you don't have to process this check handle and mm-hmm. process this check or cash, you know, that alone is something I think that people don't don't think about and, and underestimate. Yeah, All Right. Absolutely. You are at 50 plus episodes, I believe, of winning on mainstream. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm always curious what that gives you as it's given me as a unique opportunity to listen to different perspectives and scenarios and, and viewpoints. Are there, I'm sure, common themes that you've identified, especially in this, in this arena that we're talking about with client experience automation? What are some common themes you've heard?
0: Yeah. So probably the number one, and you and I have talked about this, I think it's a really important point for all small businesses, the need to have a system, the need to have a system. I think so many you know, entrepreneurs, small business people, uh, they think, you know, I'm going to be successful because I'm, I've got this really great idea or I've got this special skill uh, or- I'm the best um, carpenter,
1: you know, I'm the best handyman or whatever. Right,
0: right. Or I'm so good with people because I have this magnetic personality. Um, and the truth is, I, I think I've heard over and over enough times now that I believe it. You, you know, being successful as a small business and as a big business is is about developing a type of system that can be replicated. So you're consistently mm-hmm. delivering the same experience. Of course, the experience has to be good, but that you're consistent. You know, None of us likes to go to a restaurant where the food is good one day and terrible the next day. You want it to be consistent. And the way you make it consistent is to have a series of steps that you in some way capture or write down um, that you can replicate. And what really a system like Thrive does is it allows you to replicate the client experience uh, so that every customer has kind of the same experience and the same access to you. Um, So that's, that's a big one. Um, And I think, you know, I think the use of technology really helps in creating uh, that system. Uh, So that's, that's, that's a biggie.
1: Yeah. It's a couple of the things there that, you know, to go continue with the restaurant analogy. And it could be that my food is good, but the experience isn't Mm -hmm. consistently good. But I think, Gordon, that very few business owners think of the client experience as something that needs to be developed into a system. Right. Yep. We've got, you know, our back-end process and how we process uh, payroll and how we maybe even do inventory, how we make the food, if we're still talking about that, but as to how the system through which I engage with a client I would say m- most small business owners do not have that, any kind of system in place that they execute on consistently.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I do think your system needs to include how you deliver your product. Um, so, uh, you know, that's part of it. But uh, in terms of the client experience, yeah, you want your client experience to be great every time. I mean, I'm, again, I think you can think about bigger businesses we all deal with, um, and how much of the success is the consistent experience. I, I'll use Amazon. Everybody knows about it. I mean, you think about Amazon. Sure, the products you get are good, but those products are available at other places. You buy a, right. a book or a, a you know, piece of furniture, or what, whatever you're getting from Amazon. I mean, you could find that at Walmart, at Target, many other places, but it's the ease of buying it online, the confidence that it's going to be delivered quickly and consistently. If something's wrong, they're going to fix it. And, you know, things like the visibility into the process have become huge competitive advantages where you can, as a customer, I mean, you, you know, we're all used to this tracking. Uh, I see when it left the warehouse. I see that it's on the truck. I see that it's coming to my house. And now I see it's at my front door. And people love that. It's it's this confidence and visibility into the whole system. And that's all about their customer service. It has nothing to do with the product.
1: Yeah. And it's also about automating that client experience so that you're removing as a business owner, as much of the friction as possible mm-hmm. for doing business with me, for, for me to do business with you rather. Mm-hmm. How easy is it? How frictionless is it? That's what people are looking for. And that's what people are choosing more and more every day. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do you recommend, uh, I don't know, maybe systems is the place to begin, meaning determining the developing your systems, which have nothing to do with technology. Uh, immediately. Where do you recommend people get started with applying technology to the client experience?
0: So again, you're right that uh, at a, at a most basic level, even if you just wrote down the process that you want to use every day from Mm -hmm. sort of from A to Z, that to me is a system. You are documenting how things are done. You could hand it to a staff member and say, do this. And, you know, as long as they follow it, uh, it should be consistent. Um, But where do you, uh, I mean, I would point to our product Thrive as a, as a good example. Um, you, you can get this, te- and this technology is not costing huge amounts of money. I mean, every business is different, but I mean, for, you know, under $200 a month, uh, you can have this system in place uh, where you can start to um, uh, capture everything through this technology that's going to boost your business. So I, of course, recommend that, but for people who uh, want to just, you know, create some basic level of, uh, technology or use some basic level of technology, they could take something as simple as email and Mm -hmm. say like, like, like Gmail, which is free, uh, and say, I am going to, uh, introduce myself to every customer, um, on some periodic basis and tell them what's new about the business. Uh, I'm going to offer to come see them. Uh, I'm going to allow them to respond to me. Um, and I'm going to make sure I respond to them uh, in a timely fa- fashion. So, you know, you 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 can use the technology that way. Right. The problem with that is it does rely, it does still rely a lot on people doing things. And I think what we've all sort of learned is that, you know, people aren't always reliable. You know, not everybody, you know, does things that they're supposed to on time. And so you're better off if the system or the technology does these things for you. And that's where you get into this idea of automation. And what we, we talk a lot about, automation in thrive and how you automate your system your, your 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 client experience through thrive automation really is just saying we're gonna we're gonna let the the software automate the things that the human would be doing mm-hmm. but the software is doing it for you right
1: right so that that's what delivers then the consistency so that I execute on this on these things repeatedly and consistently. Right. And it allows you to,
0: it allows you to scale. I mean, you know, if, if, if I have three customers, right. And I have to remember to send them all a birthday note. Okay. I I, want to send everybody a birthday note. Okay. If I have three customers, I could probably do it myself through Gmail. If I have 10, it gets to be sort of a hassle. What if I have a hundred? There's no way I can spend, you know, every day setting out birthday notes, not a very good business practice, but the system can do it for you. You can put in everybody's birthday once, and Thrive will send them all a birthday note for you. And you never have to think about it again. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then there's the example that you said where and this happens a lot, especially for people who are out there delivering services. You are busy, hopefully selling, delivering. And then, oh, when I get back to the office, I'll put that proposal together to send you, Gordon. And, and by then I'm, I might be too late. And, that's, right. and then now, now I got to do that at eight o'clock at night, right? When After a dinner, when now I can finally get down to doing that kind of stuff. And that's what just gets people so hung up, and, and they they can't they can't scale. Um, that's exactly right. Because we're talking about technology, I gotta imagine you you're foreseeing and seeing some exciting things developing. Uh, what's coming? What's emerging that you're seeing that that applies to this area that we've talked about?
0: Well, there's uh, there's there's a lot of. I, I think I think in some ways the most exciting thing is the level of integration mm. between all of these apps. So you know what, one of the things we've learned in Thrive is we can't do it all. We, 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 we pick the strategic pieces of the client experience that we think we can automate and really help the small business with, but we're not getting into the accounting software business. We're not getting into the payroll software business. We're not getting into the uh, tracking of where your vehicles are. Mm-hmm. Those are things that other companies do do. Um, and what we've done uh, is we've created our own app marketplace where all the popular business tools that other that people are using can be connected to thrive. And so you create integration between all the, you know, applications that you're using. And it's, it's a wonderful way of really leveraging all the technology that's out there, um, but having it all talk to each other. Um, so that's a very exciting development, you know, the, the, the ecosystem and there is really a small business ecosystem. Now there's, there's lots of tools out there and it's really helpful if they all kind of talk to each other. So that's a, that's a pretty big one.
1: Yeah. Exciting stuff. All right. We, we've been touching on it throughout, obviously, but uh, what, what have we not, or give me the summary of what Thrive offers.
0: Thrive really offers um, a system for handling your client experience. And, you know, I, I think the easiest way to, for a business person to just get their head around it is just think of your, your customer from the beginning to the end. So they find you online, they book an appointment, Um, they expect some kind of notification, Hey, uh, I'll be there at one o'clock at, you know, to, to measure your drapes or whatever. Um, you know, so they got the reminders, uh, you, you, you know, their name and information is in some database somewhere. So you've got a tracking of them. Um, you can send them documents through the tool and you have a record of what you sent them and what they responded to. Uh, when the job is done, you can send them an invoice and estimate. Um, you can get paid electronically, as we said before, you can ask for reviews and you have a record of where those reviews are um, and it's all in one place. And so that's that's really what Thrive does is kind of what I was just rattling off there. Um, and so it automates that whole end-to-end client experience. And one of the things I think people who have any size business really value too is they can see not just what they're doing, but what their staff is doing. So if my staff had a conversation or sent an estimate or got paid, you know, I have control over it. I see it all. I'm, it's visible to me. And I don't have to be running around wondering what various people are doing. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. And I think, I think it really helps small businesses kind of act like big businesses. You know, it, 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 it makes them seem um, very professional in a way that's, you know, attractive to us as consumers.
1: And that in this technology, whether it's Thrive or whomever else, it, it's it's accessible, it's affordable to us as small business owners. So, we we certainly there's an investment there, but it but it's not cost prohibitive. But what it does for us in the way of productivity, and enhancing that customer experience, is well worth the investment.
0: Yeah, and I will say, um, Henry, you know our Thrive isn't for everybody. Um, if you're a, a kind of one man band, you know you're operating out if you're um, basement. Maybe you have a, a kind of a hobby slash business that you do on the weekends, or maybe you have like a you know food truck with some tacos or something. You probably don't need Thrive. You probably can get away with just using uh, you know Square Reader or Gmail or you know one of these kind of free tools or semi-free tools. Um, Thrive is really for I would say real businesses that are anywhere from from the boss plus an employee, so you have an employee um, all the way up to 20, 30 employees. That's kind of our sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're, if you're just, you know, the one man band, you know, again, three things that probably work for you. If you're bigger, if you're 50 to hundred employees, there's more powerful, you know, there's Salesforce.com, there's Marketo, there's these bigger pieces of software that you're probably looking at We're we're in that kind of sweet spot of about two to 20 employees.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. All right. I mentioned the podcast, which, which I'm a fan of, which is a great resource. Where, Where do I find that? Um, the podcast?
0: Yeah. So we're called uh, Winning on Main Street. Um, every week, we're talking to an entrepreneur or sometimes to uh, experts who can help entrepreneurs like yourself. Um, and so uh, winningonmainstreet.com, you can find us. If you go to the thrive.com site, you can also find us. Uh, or you could go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Productions, Amazon Podcasts. Now, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts and you look can look up Winning on Main Street and you'll hear us
1: every week. Yeah, great show. Appreciate it. All right. Books, you know, uh, I'm always looking for a book recommendation. Is there a book that comes to mind as well as tools that you would recommend?
0: Sure. So uh, one of my favorites all time is this book called e which was written um, probably about 25 years ago. And it discusses really this idea of uh, building a system and um, how, you know, just working harder, harder, harder doesn't get it done that you have to begin to work on the business, not in the business all the time. Uh, so that's a, that's a great one. I think every entrepreneur uh, or small business person should, should read. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, podcasts, like you mentioned, not just mine, Winning on Main Street, but yours and and, and other business podcasts uh, can be really valuable, especially a good way to, you know, when you're in your car or something or walking. Um, and in terms I would also add, you know, there's a ton of resources out there to help Small Businesses and Entrepreneurs. There's the Small Business Development Centers, which is actually backed by the SBA. Uh, They have like a thousand of them across the country. They're the SCORE organization of mentors, business mentors who help small business people. And, um, you know, we should mention too, like not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur, like starting their own business with their own ideas. They're going to build the next big thing. A lot of people want to consider franchises. I mean, people who run franchise units, our entrepreneurs too—they're their own bosses. They're uh, getting up every day and making it happen. They just maybe buy into an existing model. And if you're interested in um, the franchise option, uh, there's a great company called FranNet that connects would-be franchisees uh, with franchisors, and so they they can tell you, you know, is is this particular franchise available in your area and what it would take to get you started. So that's a great resource too.
1: Great. Thanks. Thanks for those recommendations and those resources. I'll have links to all of that Mm -hmm. on the show notes page for this episode at the howabusiness.com. So thanks for those recommendations. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap it up. What's, what's one thing, you know, we covered a lot of subjects, but, but as it relates to automating that client experience, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation?
0: Uh, Get a system, (laughs) get a system. Uh, I think too many people, uh, still think, you know, the key to being a entrepreneur is like, I got to be a genius like Bill Gates or Elon Musk or some, you know, inventor. I got to know how to, you know, code like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, that, 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 that's kind of the myth. Uh, reality is, is most businesses are built because they deliver a product or service well, and they do it in a replicable way that can scale. And I think you need to find a way to get a system and thrive is really about providing a great end to end client ex- experience system. It's not, it's not everything a business could possibly need. We don't have an inventory system, for example. We're not, again, bookkeeping, um, but we do a lot of things and we connect to the other things that we don't. So I think uh, a system like Thrive is critical for anybody who's looking to take their business to the next level.
1: Yeah, great takeaway, spot on, and and I, you know, what I took away from this conversation that what it what it brought back into focus is the need to even before you implement any technology is to define that customer journey, that that experience and the touch points that customers are having with you. Make sure you understand that, as Gordon has said multiple times here, and the e myth, like you said, talks about. Defining that system so that it's repeatable. Even if you're never going to go beyond just to one location, that that's the way to to build a business. And that's what separates people. Can you execute? And you can't execute if you don't have a system in place that you can execute on repeatedly and consistently. Absolutely. Where would you like us to go online to find out more?
0: Yeah. So uh, to find out about Thrive, and I should say it's T-H-R-Y-V, Thrive. T-H-R-Y-V. Go to thrive.com. Uh, and if you want to find out, uh, about winning on main street, you can, as I said, go to any of the popular, uh, podcast, uh, uh libraries, uh, probably Apple podcasts the most, but you can find Google play and stitcher. You can find winning on main street there and, uh, you can hear uh, great podcasts like this. So, um, those are, those are the places I would go. Wonderful.
1: Gordon, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show. Thanks again for having me on your show and. Uh, thanks for for being with us today.
0: Great to be here. And thank you, Henry.
1: This is Henry Lopez. And thanks for joining me on this episode of the Howa Business. My guest today again was Gordon Henry. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Thanks for listening.